Well, I'm never, uh, I never lose my amazement at how the feast days of the saints fall on normal days where the readings are very appropriate. It, it, the, the church didn't plan this, but today we celebrate the feast of St. Agatha, who was a little 12-year-old girl when she was martyred. And here's a gospel about a 12-year-old girl. And then the first passage is about martyrdom, right? What are the chances of that? It really, it's just totally providential. It's amazing. I'm going to focus, though, on our first passage from Hebrews. I, you guys can remember me because I know you remember every single thing I say in every homily that I give. It's just it's embedded in your mind. I know that. So a week or two ago, I, I talked about this that saying from Hebrews. It says, For the joy that was set before him, Jesus uh, endured the cross, despising the shame. And uh, so also Jesus does that in his in the life of his martyrs. Uh, the martyrs themselves, they witnessed to that same kind of courage that Christ showed at the cross. And I love how St. Paul, or whoever the author of Hebrews, phrases it. He says, listen, uh, you know, in your struggle against sin, you've not yet resisted the point of shedding blood. You know, implication being, don't be a wimp. Okay, look at Jesus, what he did. And then we can also say, look at what the martyrs did. And so if you think you got a hard time at it, then, you know, uh, just uh, toughen up. Um, That last phrase, though, from this passage is really telling. It really kind of, I think it's insightful. It's very insightful. I know I I personally received a lot of insight many, many years ago by reading that. It says, in your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted the point of shedding blood. And so it kind of hit me for the first time. Wait a second. You know what? That's what the whole Christian life is about. It's a struggle against sin. So we're in a battle against sin. That's what it's all about. And Jesus was in a battle against sin. And he overcame it through obedience, obedience to the point of death, even the death of the cross. And so here we are. We're living out Jesus' life in ourselves, in our own individual Christian lives, and as a community as a whole. It's a struggle against sin. And uh, that struggle, we need to... We need to wage that war all the way to the point of shedding our blood. And if we haven't got to that point yet, well, we still got a long way to go. You know, toughen up, don't worry about it. There's really nothing that could happen to us that's going to be, you know, more extreme than, than martyrdom. And so we have Agatha. Agatha is um, one of these very, uh, very many ancient saints from the 3rd century and the 4th century. There's two big persecutions. The first took place around the year 250. A.D. under the Roman Emperor Decian, yes, and then the second big one took place around 35-310 under the Roman Emperor Diocletian. They were both worldwide or empire-wide, at least, uh, persecutions against the church. And there are all of these these young girls that became famous martyrs. Uh, Agatha is one of them. Um, Lucy's another one. Uh, Agatha is another one. Okay, so you got all of these young virgin girls. Uh, who were martyred at this time, and usually it was a, it was a common scenario. They, at a very young age, had had vowed themselves to God, had vowed their virginity to God, and uh, their their parents, maybe one of their parents was pagan, and they, and they got their Christianity from the other parent. And it was oftentimes it was the mother that was the Christian, and the father was the pagan. And the father wants to do an arranged marriage, or there's some big fancy guy, you know, a nobleman. These are usually upper class people. Uh, some nobleman wants to marry this girl, and the father is willing to give her hand in marriage, but she doesn't want to marry because she's already vowed her herself to virginity. And so then uh, the the nobleman gets mad, and they and they end up 
torturing her and killing her. It's a kind of a scenario that plays itself out over and over again. I think it was similar for Agatha. So the tradition is that she was very young, probably as young as 12 years old. Okay. Um, now, th that fact in itself is really striking to me and remarkable to me. I don't know if I can tie this into the rest of what we just heard, but this is just what strikes me. is I think, in my experience as a Catholic, it usually goes like this. I have this kind of paradigm of assumptions that goes like this. Okay, the little Catholic kids are cute and they're innocent and... Uh, you know, you can speak to them, and really, the gospel actually really—it's—it's it, easier for them to embrace the gospel uh, than it is for teenagers. Okay, so the little first communion kids it just somehow you can see grace active in their life, but then the hormones hit, <laughs> and pretty much like your adult life is like, okay, well, it's a storm. Uh, hits the sea and you're in this ship and it's like it's all calm before the hormones and then suddenly the hormones hit and it's like ah it's just a big storm and the ship is is going to capsize you know and then like for a certain percentage not a large percentage but for a certain percentage of Catholics they kind of little by little they write the ship after 10 15 20 30 years you know <laughs> and they're like okay we're back on we're back and everything's peaceful we're going good right now um and then for many, though, it's capsized. And they just, they never, you know, they lose their faith and they're gone. They're just totally gone. And they're wrapped up in worldly things and sex and everything else. So I love to see these very young uh, martyrs because what it shows is that that paradigm that I've got in my mind is not inevitable. You know, the hormones start hitting around 11, 10, 12 years old. So Agatha, even though she was very young, uh, she was getting hit by the hormones. She was, uh, you know, starting to develop. Uh, and, of course, 12 was very, very young by our standards for marriage. But in the ancient world, they did marry 12, 13, 14. The Blessed Virgin was probably 14 when the incarnation took place. Um, so it's a really, it's a, it's a lesson to everybody that grace... Uh, is more powerful than nature, okay? And that grace can can be manifested in a person's life despite the hormones, uh, despite the not just the hormones but also the threats of the, the broader worlds. You know, we've got the three traditional enemies of the devil and the flesh and the worlds, and and we see in these young martyrs overcoming the flesh, and we also see them overcoming the world itself too. The world is represented by these these tyrannical bad guys that want to uh, threaten them with with the fear of death. They're able to overcome all of that. Um, what an awesome uh, example! What an awesome example for us. So, my brothers and sisters, let's just remember: there's really no excuse um, in our struggle against sin. We've not yet resisted to the point of shedding blood. No matter what we face in life, uh, the flesh, the world, the devil. Because Christ has gone before us and is victorious, we too also can be victorious.